Man, I got a wish list. I hope guys fall to the Jaguars. Who am I talking about? I'll tell you in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you and welcome in to another edition of Locked On Jaguars. I am the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, Tony Wiggins. We're at your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. I want to remind you also that we are free to subscribe to at the Locked On Jaguars YouTube page. And make sure wherever you get your podcast, you tap in every single day. Make sure you don't miss an episode on the audio platforms. Um, I want to discuss guys who fall. So let me preface this first. I heard a, heard a little birdie. Haven't confirmed whether it's true or not that Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be visiting the Jaguars. So I guess at this point you go wonder why would you do that? This dude ain't going to fall to us, right? Yeah, I understand. I kind of warned everybody though to stop looking at these 30 visits. Everybody says they're top 30 visits. They're not top 30 visits. They're just 30 people that the team decides that they're going to visit with. When people say top 30, it's like you think it's the top 30 guys on their board in order. And that's not what it is. It's probably just 30 guys that they want to get another look, see at people that'll be picked at various points throughout the draft, but whether or not it's true that he's in the building or it's going to be in the building or not, it does not matter. The point is, is that last year as evidence, the Jaguars had the number one overall pick, and then they picked at the top of the second round. They traded back into the first round and got Devin Lloyd. Now, I recall Devin Lloyd being uh, mentioned anywhere from number eight to number 13 last year in the draft. And when he fell, here's what happens. Boom, you come up and get him. So whether or not at 24, the names that I'm going to mention as uh, I'm going to mention three guys in each round too, because I think the combinations and I'll play around with it. The combinations of, of folks that are uh, possibly going to be available. Now, granted, this is just all about mocks because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. There's going to be somebody that's sitting there in the fourth round that you have seen week after week after week projected to be in the top 40. Okay. It happens every single year. And there's a guy that's going to be picked that nobody had in the top, uh, in the top 40, that might end up being a first or an early second round pick that on all of these draft boards were thought of to be a fourth round pick. Case in point, last year, N'Kobe Dean. Anybody think N'Kobe Dean would last as long as he did? No. I saw some people that thought he'd be in the top 10. I thought I saw most people say that he won't get any further than the top of the second round. Well, the Eagles ended up getting N'Kobe Dean very much later than that. So it's like these teams know things sometimes that we don't, which is kind of a good thing right because if we knew everything that they knew then they wouldn't need a job but the fact is the jaguars will have multiple options on a lot of mocks including a couple that i've done the pick is coming the, the pick has come to the jaguars and i look and based on team need and who i believe um fits the culture here and and is and is worthy of that pick 
it could be when you get to 24, I look all the way to 44, and I see in those 20 picks, I see at least 12 guys I'd be happy to have. So normally when you see something like that, unless you are just in love with somebody, the object is to be able to move down because you know you can still get a guy who is one of your priorities. For instance, I've seen a lot of these things where Brian Branch is still there in the middle of the second round. In fact, I did a mock yesterday. I got him in. I got him with the 56 pick. So there will be a lot of situations where you'll have an opportunity to either move back or, in this case, see a guy within your target range and then you move up. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at this from an exercise of, okay, what if we're sitting here and bang, that guy's there. They got to take him, even if he's not what most people would consider an immediate team need or schematic fit. The five guys that I said, if if they fall to the Jaguars, these five guys, you all, everybody would take them. You take them. Some of them might not be as much of a priority as others, but we're going to get right to it. The first one is Jackson Smith and Jeeva. Saw a video of Brian Hartline saying he's the best receiver. He's he's the second best of all the guys he's coached over the years, and he's had some good ones because every year he gets three or four five-star guys. That Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison is number two, and number one would be Jackson Smith and Jeeva. And then even some of the guys that are already in the league, they're saying that played at Ohio State. I think it was Chris Olave. It may have been Garrett Wilson. One of them said Jackson Smith and Jeep is the most athletic person they've ever seen. He missed a lot of this year, and he's still wide receiver one. He's still wide receiver one. You you hope, though, and I, and I know it's, it's very, very unlikely, you hope that there are some people in the draft that go, ah, he's not fast. They want to nitpick and they want to do this. And he's not this. He's not that. He's a four or five guy. He didn't play when he wasn't really that banged up and his team needed him. You hope all of that stuff happens and he's within range. And when I say within range, I mean, if he gets to those, if he gets beyond 15 and you're sitting there at 24 and he starts to get within range, I say, yeah, go do it. Even though he'd come in here and be competing for the third receiver spot right away, right? Because obviously it's Calvin Ridley. And obviously you have Christian Kirk. And Zay Jones had some big games last year and he was huge down the stretch. But this is what happens when you have competition, right? This guy will come in and compete for a chance to go catch some balls. And let me tell you, he's a route running Jesse. He is going to come in right away wherever he goes in this league and he's going to be able to play just like Chris Olave and Gary Wilson did last year. He is going to fit right in. And plus, I would love the message that you're sending, and that is that we got a quarterback with a golden arm. We're going to get him as many weapons as we can and just catch us if you can. We're slinging that thing around the yard. Catch us if you can if he's available. So if they're meeting with him, it's for a reason. If they're not meeting with him, I still have him at the top of this list i want to get to the rest of them but i don't want to speedball it because i want to be able to explain every one of these first round picks one of them is a guy that realistically might tumble according to a lot of folks i don't think he's coming this far back but he just might and i'm going to tell you something they already drafted a player from that school two years in a row it'll be year number three 
and ain't nobody gonna complain about this one as long as they get down here and start driving crazy and stuff and i'll talk about that you already know what i'm talking about is jalen carter i'll go into depth about the second guy that i said i hope falls to the jaguars that would be mr jalen carter we'll do that in just a second here on locked on jaguars i first must let you know about built bar man built bar is the absolute truth you can vote for your favorite built bar in built bar march madness even though the championship game is over this still goes on in fact here's what you do you go to built.com and when you go to built.com while you're there i want you to pick the flavors that you love the most also right pick the flavor that you love the most also or get an assorted box you can also check them out at walmart and at sam's make sure you tap into built bar and and get you the best protein bar that has ever been created it's covered with 100 real chocolate i want to make sure we emphasize real chocolate that's right and they taste like you're not supposed to be eating them if you're trying to lose weight but guess what you can eat them because the macros are off the chain the macros are super low protein is 17 powerful grams no more than 170 cal uh, calories and they're very very low sugar and low carbs so they won't disturb or disrupt whatever plan that you're doing to try to make yourself look summer ready all right built bar at built.com make sure you check them out find your favorite built bar at those locations all right man we're rolling along here on locked on jaguars where we're saying please fall now i hate to do this because that means if these guys fall that that means it's going to cost them some money and i ain't trying to count people's pockets or make them have a bad day in the green room and give their family all kinds of anxiety and heartache because they thought they were going higher the reward i would tell them is this you're going to get your money regardless eventually uh jacksonville is a beautiful beautiful town and a beautiful place it's march it's april beginning of april it's 89 degrees outside today okay there are no state taxes and we have trevor lawrence and doug peterson so the world is looking up so ain't trying to have to oversell jacksonville but i'm just saying while i'm sitting there saying i hope your kids and your family members fall i don't say this because i want them to lose money i don't all right jalen carter jalen carter of course left the combine because he had to go turn himself in speaking of turn himself in we ain't gonna do that today but jalen carter had to go turn himself in he had a warrant for his arrest had some some misdemeanor warrants that had something to do with the fatal accident where he lost a teammate as well as someone that was on the staff a very very tragic uh accident i had no idea he was even involved in it uh he left the combine came back to the combine did not work work out or do anything when the private workout came he couldn't even finish it he was nine pounds over over his combine weight was tired now me i'm a human being i'm sure that if i've been arrested and people have connected me with some something that caused extreme pain to a lot of people then i might not be concentrating on football right and maybe he tried to do that earlier and then it looked insensitive of him to be thinking about football when all of this was going on i don't know i don't know what's going on i do know todd mcshay said that there would be character problems and whether he had uh background information or he was omniscient or whatever turns out that there are issues that make people want to wonder you don't want to bring somebody into the community that's going to be a knucklehead and potentially risk someone's life and from a football perspective you don't want to do that 
and use a first round pick on someone that's not going to be available. It is a business, right? That's just what it is. Obviously, one thing is more important than the other. But let me tell you all something. Jalen Carter starts to creep and starts to fall, which I don't think he's getting past the top 10 because peak teams look at a total body of work, right? And they look at that talent and that talent is there. He is a generational talent who can crush game plans with his get off, with his speed. He can two gap. He can one gap. He can, you can line him up anywhere and he'll get it. And eventually what happens is you get physical freaks like him and Trayvon Walker, you get them on the same side of the ball at the same time. Eventually good things will happen. And you know, they took Trayvon and then the year before they took Tyson Campbell. So that means this staff has been around that staff. That means they've talked to and vetted uh, those other players before. And by them doing that, there's a trust and a relationship that if they have a one-on-one conversation with Kirby smart or whoever else at the university of Georgia, that they're going to tell them the truth because they have that relationship. Now, most of these relationships extend beyond the obvious. Like I just pointed out, the Jaguars drafted two players from that team. Most relationship that doesn't, that's not even the tip of the iceberg for a lot of, most of these guys have known each other for 20 years, some of these coaches and scouts. So they're always going to be honest with each other. And it's always going to be, uh, you never want to as a coach not take care of your guy but I also don't believe that college coaches lie to uh, scouts at least behind closed doors without microphones no they're going to tell them the truth because they have a fraternity too coaches have a fraternity too and then you got to deal with people over and over again for 30 years or so so yeah Jalen Carter if he was close as long as Shaq Khan feels good about it and the, that incident was an isolated incident, I would jump so fast to get him on this team. The next one, number three in the first round, if he gets close, you have to think about it as Miles Murphy. The reason why he might not get drafted early is because he couldn't really couldn't do anything. He couldn't work out until I think he has a workout coming up pretty soon, but he was very, very productive. Really, he was actually, in my opinion, the best of those guys on the front line for Clemson. And he definitely, definitely fits a need on the edge. You don't have to worry about what his position is. It is a pass rusher. Now, I don't think he's going to fall this far, but because we're so late in the process, there might be some people that just like other guys better. Like if that McDonald kid, if he goes way up the charts and, and he's not a second round pick like some people believe and he goes early, you could start see some fallback if Hendon Hooker works his way into that top 20 because teams or teams that already have quarterbacks know they won't have one in a couple of years. See, these are the things that has to happen. So you have to have guys like that get drafted first and then Miles with his limited workout since the offseason start slipping back a little bit. Those are exactly the kind of things that you hope happens. But if he's there, I would go ahead and snatch him as well. The last two also fit a need for the Jaguars. One is Lucas Van Ness. I don't think there's a chance in hell he gets past the top 15. But some, somebody might take a hard look and say, look, we're all about demonstrated performance. And while he has a lot of good performances, for some reason he didn't start at Iowa. And I think that's that's nothing to be worried about because I think that there's a, a good reason for why he wasn't starting games. But Lucas Van Ness would definitely provide depth a lot of speed, a lot of edge. Some people might think it's a little bit Trayvon redundant. I think he coming into the draft, I don't think he's quite as athletic, but I do believe he um, 
he's he's more uh he he's more polished as a pass rusher than Trayvon was because that's what he did in college the whole time. So Lucas Van Ness is another guy from a uh, football standpoint I would love to see out there uh causing havoc. Last one uh for the first round is Broderick Jones. I don't think that's gonna happen. There are some people that have Darnell Wright ranked ahead of Broderick Jones. I, I go Paris Johnson number one, Broderick Jones number two. This would allow them that versatility that they keep talking about. Maybe somebody gets pushed down to guard. Maybe Walker Little gets pushed to guard. There's a competition. Maybe they look and see if Broderick Jones can play guard because he's about 6'4", about 315. And maybe there's a good chance that if he does happen to fall, and Doug Peterson did mention this, that if there's an offensive lineman there, even though edge is the number one priority, hey, you'd have to – Definitely take a look at it. I'll go through my round two and round three selections in just a second in segment three here on Locked on Jaguars. All right, we're rolling along the segment with segment three of my please fall to us wish list here for the 2023 NFL draft. All of these guys that I'm mentioning, you can find out about them at Locked on NFL scouting that's right locked on nfl draft scouting it's a great show man just with the draft dudes my my buddy it's locked on nfl draft scout locked on nfl scouting you leave the draft part of it but my boy kyle Krabs and my partner joe marino who i spoke to today uh a little bit well we we text back and forth they put out a show every day with all of these prospects man and you won't learn more from anybody about locked on NFL scouting than the draft dudes. Make sure you, it's a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So make sure you make them your second listen here on our network um, and wherever you get your podcast. All right. So we went over JSN, Jackson Smith and Jeeba, Jalen Carter, Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy, Broderick Jones, guys that I wouldn't call it necessarily realistic, but I'd say hopeful guys that you would hope would have a chance to fall down to you let's get to the second round so i did the same thing i I looked at it from some guys that i expect to go a little bit higher and uh who keep showing up in these various spots when i do my mock drafts even the ones where i control all of the picks i still kept finding a number of guys because as my man peter bukowski from locked on Sports Today and Locked On Packers said that's where the meat of the draft is, right smack in the middle. After after the first few picks, there's right smack in the middle of this second round. This is where you can get guys that just know how to play, right? But that aren't sitting as high on the prospect list because of all of the analytics and all of the things that people always tell people the word prospect means the most like – Using a using a bunch of different things to come up with who is most likely to to be successful long term based on data, right? So now you get these other guys that you just have a gut feeling about, right? Almost first rounders, but somebody might have a little bit of a question. But then the tape pops and you go, it looked like he can play to me. In the second round, when the Jaguars pick fifty six, I'm going to name you three names that I think could help the Jacksonville Jaguars. Would just be too good for them to pass up. One of them is LSU edge rusher B.J. Ojolari. I think he pops on tape, man. Now, a little bit smaller, and some people even want to compare him to the former LSU player, Caleb Von Chason. I don't really see that. I'm more comparing to more 
his brother who already plays for the New York Giants. But B.J. O'Gillard to me at 6'3", about 240 pounds, he just knows how to get after the quarterback. And it's also a dude that once he gets to Jacksonville, once you draft him before training camp, you can put seven, eight pounds of muscle and and just good good weight on him. Um, we'll probably lose it, though, because it's 100 degrees down here during training camp. But still, the point is, is I think he's that good of a player, and I wanted to make sure I gave him a good mention here, that if he falls, the Jaguars' eyes ought to open up and be like, hey, Maybe he is a little bit shorter than we'd like, or his arms aren't quite as long as the guys that we want to draft here, but he's just too good to pass up. Jack Campbell is another one. And I know this is going to shock some people because Jack Campbell is an off-the-ball type Sam linebacker at 6'5", about 250. He has a, a Leighton Vander Esch body. So here's where this comes into play. He keeps showing up late in these, in these, in, in these mock drafts that I keep doing. And that's because I don't think he's a scheme fit for everybody. He has those traits and he's not slow just because he's big. In fact, he's super, super athletic, right? He has those traits, but then you say, wig, you just said they moved up for Devin Lord and you're always talking about allocation of resources. So how could you do that? If Devin Lord is truly going to spend some time at edge, if they're going to move Lloyd around and just make him just this freakazoid player that they find a way to get on the field if they if they're going to move him and, and let him play closer to the line of scrimmage a little bit if they're going to use him and this is weird but in a big 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 nickel and allow him to guard tight ends because he played some safety and he played some slot in college don't know don't think it'll happen but i wouldn't rule out them as a football team looking up and seeing a guy like Jack Campbell sitting there and saying, he's just too good to pass up. He's just too good to pass up. If, if had it been, had Devin Lloyd played lights out and played way, way better than he did. Had he, had he finished the season the way he started and not really been placed and replaced at some point by Chad Muma, I would say no, no, no dice, but I'm not doing that today because I think Jack Campbell's a real good player especially he's a big player that fits these traits of Trent Baalke. This one I probably would put before Jack Campbell, but since Jack Campbell is ranked a little higher on most boards, I'm trying not to be biased, and that's Luke Musgrave. It's a little bit redundant to the franchise-tagged Evan Ingram, even though they are not really the same, but in terms of Luke's a willing blocker, but he's not a great blocker. So I wouldn't necessarily call him a dual-threat tight end or a totally complete tight end. He could get to that point we saw josh oliver turned into a blocker and he wasn't a great blocker when the jaguars picked him and now he just got a contract because he actually did learn that role while he was in baltimore right and luke is a you see him he's yoked up man he's got got guns on him right but he can also get down the field and be a real good high point guy the reason why i haven't made him a higher priority for the jaguars is because of the franchise tag and here we are resources you just can't put too much into one position but i really like luke musgrave and i think the jaguars um would be a better team if they got him and i think he'd be a good weapon for trevor lawrence finally in round three let's get to round three some guys that if they slip it'll be a total surprise to me but now remember the jaguars don't have to use their pick they can just be close enough and they can go up and get a guy if he's close matthew bergeron if they don't get an offensive lineman in round one or round two 
He's a left tackle at Syracuse, but he can play left or right tackle. That would give you that swing tackle that you're looking for. That would give you a big young body. It will also make things look a little bit better just in case you can kind of try to imagine life without Cam Robinson at some point. So we'll go um, with Matthew Bergeron as you uh, imagine who would be there. Who would be there for the Jaguars just in case they start falling? Two more guys, and then we'll let you go for the day. Sidney Brown is one of my draft favorites. I have him as a second-round pick. Sidney Brown might find his way into being a slot player, even though he doesn't have those measurables that we keep talking about that Trent Baalke loves so much. I think he's a real good player. I think if you look up at the in the third round and Sidney Brown sitting there, He's just too sudden of a player who finds himself around the football a lot. Safety out of in, uh, Illinois. Last but not least, Siaka Ika. Siaka Ika is a 6'3", 330-pound left guard. He can play a little bit of center. This would be sort of the Landon Dickerson type pick where you have a guy who can do both, and the Jaguars always talk about versatility. But he's also a big, thick guy who you could plug right in at left guard and leave Walker Little out at left tackle so oh right tackle so there you go those are my guys those are my sleepers the guys i hope fall to the jaguars in these various three rounds mix and match those and if you could get each round where you could get a guy who you didn't expect to be there that'd be fun like jsn in round one bj ojalari in round two matthew berger on a siaka ika in round three if you mess around and get jalen carter in round one come back and get luke musgrave in round two and then in round three, Matthew Bergeron or Siaka, uh, Ika or Sidney Brown. Now you got your slot, you got another tight end, and then you got a big, nasty defensive lineman. But if you get Miles Murphy, you get the edge first. If you get the edge first, you come back, you either take the linebacker and Jack Campbell or Musgrave. Line times out of 10, if you get the edge, you're going to go with Luke Musgrave in the second round and then come back in the third round and address the offensive line. So there you go. Mix and match. Have at it. Have a good time. We'll give you more comprehensive draft coverage here pretty soon. There's something that's going on, though. We have a newsletter. I want to give you the newsletter address. Make sure you go to www.lockedonpodcast.com slash newsletter. It's a very, very good newsletter from guys all around our network that work really, really hard on it. So it's www.lockedonpodcasts with an s.com slash newsletter until tomorrow you guys take care and we'll see you the next time here on locked on jaguars